Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Remember to get all your Oilers info on 630Ched.com. You can hear the full McDavid media availability from yesterday where he said he'd be a complete loser if he wasn't frustrated by the season the Oilers just had. More on the Nicholson and Keith Gretzky availability today as well. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks, everybody, who called and uh, texted. Always appreciate your thoughts and your passion on the Edmonton Oilers. I wish I could promise you that they are going to be better next season. I cannot in good conscience do that. But we'll see. We'll see. Kelly Rudy, former NHL goaltender, now with the NHL on Rogers, joins us every week here on Inside Sports. We love having him. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm fantastic today, Reed. I'm, uh, I had a couple nights at home, well, last night and tonight, and then I'm off to uh, Toronto, as you can imagine, for ballpark around uh, seven weeks. How depends how long the... Uh, first three rounds of the playoffs take and then on site for the final so i'm uh telling my wife donna i'm uh, actually quite excited today getting ready to leave and uh start up on wednesday well this is the time of year where you don't get to be at home for a long time and you eat nothing but room service caesar salad right that's all you ever order (laughs) (laughs) well i don't get to have my uh delicious uh, fancy meals that i that i like to take uh uh in but you know whatever i'm just going to be at work basically all day long so uh yeah i'll i'll find a way to make do how's that reed yeah i'm, I'm sure you'll do okay kelly uh yeah. it seems like the best food always finds you <laughs> so that's okay <laughs> that's pretty good that way in fact even today i was thinking hmm what am i going to get tomorrow night in toronto my last day before i uh, really uh, sink my teeth into these playoffs all right. Well, I want to talk to you about some of the first-round series, but uh, let's put a, l- a little bit of a cap here on the Oilers' season. You you played the position of goal where the fast players, the bold players, the good players are going to charge to the net. McDavid did that on Saturday night. Giordano tripped him, got a penalty. McDavid hard into the post. Looks like McDavid's going to be okay. They didn't elaborate on his MRI today, but it sounds like it's not as serious as, as they first feared. Uh, and obviously he said, I'm paid $100 million to skate as fast as I can and go to the net. So he's not, he's not going to change. I love that. But what, did you, think, uh, what yep. did you think of that play? And I suppose we have to put it in the context of it being uh, the final game of the season. Well, there, I have a number of thoughts. First of all, I was happy he said that about uh, not changing his style of play because he's exactly right. That's why he's had so much success, and that's why he, he's the most feared forward one-on-one uh, by all the defensemen in the National Hockey League. I had a really good defenseman tell me after or during McDavid's first year, and he said, oh, my gosh, he's by far the most dangerous uh, forward that we face, and and uh, it's petrifying when he has uh, you one-on-one. So um, he has to continue to play the same way. I, I was really worried when uh, he hit the post though, on Saturday. I, I thought that, man, it looked really horrible. Um I think I commented in one of the intermissions about his pain threshold. It just doesn't seem like 
he, he's ever in all that much pain, which I, I can't believe because that one play in particular looks like it, it would have been devastating to most guys and they would have been down forever. And, and uh, you know, the, the pain, the look of pain on their face would have been obvious, but I didn't see that. And so that kind of, to me, was a good sign, but you never know. You know, sometimes some of the most harmless-looking plays can be a severe injury. So I was glad to hear that it wasn't broken at the end of the game. Uh, I don't know what uh, is going to happen after uh, the MRI. I'm sure uh, the Oilers are going to keep that quiet for just a little bit longer and then reveal the results. Hopefully that's uh, all good and clear. Um, you know, Giordano commented after the game that, uh, and I, this isn't verbatim. I, I just quickly read something uh, that he said that he wishes he hadn't have done that. Uh, not sure if he's going to do that same sort of play. But, you know, when you look at it, I think Nick said this on Saturday, that we've timed McDavid at around 39 kilometers an hour, approaching 40. I don't think we've ever had him over 42. And that's what he was on Saturday. So when you look at the play from Jordano's perspective, you're you're thinking – okay, I've seen this speed, but I think I've been able to judge it or manage it at times, and it's probably not the most dangerous play if I try and dive and knock the puck off the stick. Well, he was behind, and because of that extra extra speed that McDavid had, I think that had something to do with it. So it was just uh, it was a horrific play, and I hope we don't see it very often, but I suspect we might see it a few more times in McDavid's career. Well, it sounds like, yeah, I mean, nothing's broken. And uh, you're right, we don't totally know about the MRI, but, uh, you know, Nicholson did say today, not as bad as they first feared. So so that's uh, that's a good thing. All right, so, you know, it's another critical offseason for the Oilers. I feel like we've been saying that a lot, unfortunately, in the last uh, 12 years or whatever it is. Um, they need a GM, and that GM will hire a new coach. I, I have no doubt about that. I mean, you watch the Oilers play a lot this year, Kelly. I, they, they need depth scoring. Of, of course, they could use some more D. They could use the puck, and Koskinen is still a question mark, and they're going to have to find a backup. So there you go. I'm throwing every position on the ice and a couple off ice at you. But if, if you could say, if you could fix one area of the Oilers, or if you could upgrade one area of the Oilers significantly, if you could only pick one, what would it be? Uh, style of play. And uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. Now, Ottawa missed the playoffs, of course. Montreal missed the playoffs. But they completely changed their style of play. They went to what's the more modern game, the quicker pace, the uh, more aggressive, uh, higher tempo. Um, So I think that that's what Edmonton has to do. And you can do it fairly quickly. Like, look at Montreal. Now, they ended up missing the playoffs. But you look at the way in which they played this year, and uh, that was fun to watch. And, you know, you look at Edmonton, and although they had a lot of guys that had miserable seasons, they didn't have a lot of games that you, you looked at and said, man, that's great hockey. So I think once they get a, uh, a couple of uh, people up top in management to guide that team, that they can turn that around. And it's not as long a rebuild as uh, some people might think. And, and it is, well, maybe the obvious question, but is that simply because they got McDavid and Dreisaitl already? Like, if you just yeah, put... Right. Because I, I yeah. would say at least six of the Oilers' forward positions, if not seven, were below average or poor. So, I mean, if they yeah. get even fillos in with average guys for those roles, I, I see why you're optimistic. I don't know if it's a, a quick fix, but I, I can understand what you're saying. Yeah, and you know what? It, it's not going to be a quick fix to change uh, that 
roster completely, but you can make guys that that might return that had pretty ordinary or lousy years this year play a higher tempo, and that might change uh, how they look in your eyes. And so I, I think when I look at uh, Montreal, uh, when Julian was there last year, and he played more of a defensive style, and I didn't think it suited Jeff Petrie. And you're familiar with Jeff Petrie from the time in Edmonton. This year, it's up-tempo, and I thought he had a fabulous, fabulous year. And that's more suited to his, uh, his skill set. And, you know, when he's sort of put in a shutdown role, I don't really like him in that spot. But when he's asked to move the puck or join the rush, you know, that's where he really excels. And so when you look at the – and I'm not identifying anybody in particular on the others, but – I suspect if you had them in a different sort of style of play, that they that some of their skill might come out uh, a little bit uh, at a higher level. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. Okay, I'll throw one more at you here out of the blue. Eight first-round series starting either Wednesday or Thursday. What do you think is going to be the most thrilling series? I'll use the word thrilling rather than best or competitive. I'll use the word thrilling. Okay, can I give you... Two different scenarios. I'm going to say thrilling is going to be Winnipeg, St. Louis. I'm just really looking forward to that series. I think that if Winnipeg can play uh, like you're capable of, and we know St. Louis is uh, unreal right now, I think that has the potential to be amazing. And I'm going to give you my upset, uh, and it's going to be uh, Dallas over Nashville. I I just covered uh, Dallas not long ago. I know you saw them live not long ago. And that is an excellent hockey team. And the way in which they play defensively and then the, how dangerous they can be offensively from uh, a handful of guys, they're, I just think that they, they look to be the upset team for me. I'm doing my picks tomorrow on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, and I'm thinking I am going to pick Dallas. It's the goals against, Kelly. I mean, they, they kept them down, right? They right. got the goaltending, and, and that's why they're in the playoffs. It's goals against. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was really impressed. I think I did tell the story uh, a couple, three weeks ago when we were talking about Dallas on your show. I was really impressed. Uh, I was at the morning skate uh, twice uh, when Jim Montgomery uh, was coaching. Uh, and what I really, what really grabbed my attention, Reed, even in the morning skate, they had some pretty simple drills. And if one of the stars screwed up, made a bad pass, or got the drill wrong, he stopped the practice. And, and he was right on it, but you have to do it properly. And I remember in Dallas, it was earlier in the year, I think it was in December, and so they're three months in, and he stopped the morning skate, and it was, it's not that hard. He kept saying to the guys, it's not that hard. He had some other choicier words that I didn't uh, want to include, but you get my point. Like He's had his foot on their throat, and uh, he's made sure that they're focused and they're playing the way he wants them to play. Kelly, we're going to have about half of the first-round action to talk about when you join me next week. That is going to be fun, man. Enjoy it. You got it. Thanks, Reed. That is Kelly Rudy checking in tonight on Inside Sports. He joins us every week on the show. Love having Kelly uh, on, and I thought uh, some pretty good observations about the Oilers and things they need to improve on. It's a lot. It's a big list. Some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Don't forget about their brunch, Northern Chicken style, buttermilk biscuits, sausage, gravy, and smashed potatoes. Sundays, 11 a.m. until 2. Visit northchickenyeg.com in person, 124th Street, 107th Avenue. Jim Matheson from Post Media, Hockey Hall of Fame writer, is going to join us after 7.30. We've been talking a lot about 
Kelly McCrimmon uh, will go into some other candidates who could be out there to be general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. And this week's 6.30 Chet MVP is a super swimmer. He's going to join us later on as well. Inside Sports on 6.30 Chet. On the out-of-town scoreboard tonight... I will feature one of my favorite events, the Allen Cup. It is being held in Lacombe, Alberta. This afternoon, the tournament started with Rosetown beating Innisfail 3-2. Lacombe will play southeast tonight at 8. It is two pools of three in the tournament. Everybody makes the playoffs. Everybody makes the single elimination round. But if you win your pool, you get a bye to the semis. The other teams play in the quarters on Thursday. And we will be broadcasting inside sports from Lacombe at the Allen Cup on Thursday from 6 to 8. That is going to be fun. The NCAA championship game is underway. Texas Tech and Virginia are scoreless a minute 15 into the opening half. My name is Reed Wilkins. Angie Quinnell working as our studio producer this evening for the vacationing Kellen Kennedy, Angie, did you know where? Uh, do you know where Kellen went? Uh, didn't he go to New York for wrestling? For WrestleFest, for yep. WrestleFest 2019, I think that's what it was called. Okay. Uh, I... I know it's called WrestleMania. Everybody out there, <laughs> well, I, I look forward to having Kellen's uh, stories of WrestleMania when he gets back. I don't even know when he's back. I think Friday. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, I Dave Campbell, the producer of this show, my colleague and friend in the sports department. He did say he thought it was a, a bit of a disappointing WrestleMania and it went on way too long. My friend on Facebook that I haven't talked to in a while was saying the exact same thing because him and his dad were like big into it. They bought Popeye's chicken. They got really excited and they did it. And they he thought the exact same thing. Um, I also had a friend that went to the game or an ex-colleague that I worked with that went to the game and I don't know what her or went to the wrestle. To the event? Yes. And I don't know what her take was it yet, but she seemed pretty excited meeting some of the people beforehand and stuff like that. Oh, she met some of the wrestlers? I think so. That's fascinating. Yes. Well, I, uh, Kellen, I'm sure, will enthusiastically fill us in whenever he's back. On Friday. I, I look forward and to that. And all of next week. Yeah, we might have stories throughout the summer. Too. Oh, we probably. might have enough stories <laughs> to get to next year's WrestleMania. Yeah. And, and, it's, and I believe, again... I, I, I feel like I know stuff about wrestling by osmosis from being around Kellen and Dave. I believe there was a, a whole series of events because the WrestleMania was at the Giants and Jets football stadium. And then I think at the Barclays Center, there was wrestling. There's wrestling tonight and tomorrow. The Hall of Fame was on Saturday where uh, Bret Hart got attacked. I think oh. there might have been something Friday. And I think Kellen was going to all that. Well, if you're going on vacation, why not go all out? Like, do it all. <laughs> uh, that's a good point Angie. that makes sense to me do it all, <laughs> do it all. you can get a shirt that says that <laughs> right. nike might sue you oh maybe <laughs> i don't oh. know my aunt works for nike so maybe i could get a little push well there you go <laughs> all right so bob nicholson oeg ceo and keith gretzky acting general manager for the edmonton Oilers, meeting the media today Obviously, uh, Nicholson was asked if uh, Keith Gretzky's last name will hinder him 
in getting the job. Keith has built his own resume, and whether Keith is sitting here or not, you've seen what his resume, anyone that's been around hockey has seen Keith. And I will also say that I've really liked the job that Keith has done in the interim. Uh, but that certainly doesn't mean that uh, that puts him up at the front of the list. I can tell you that there is no priority right now of everyone that we're interviewing. And I want to keep it that way. Uh, that will change as the process starts. Uh, but uh, there's Wayne Gretzky and there's Keith Gretzky, and Keith has built his own resume. All right, as for the future of Ken Hitchcock. Yeah, as I've stated before, uh, when we signed uh, Ken, it was to be the head coach to the end of the year. Uh, that is up at this time, and, uh, you know, Ken's well aware of that. Uh, we've had one-on-one -on -one meetings, and Ken will be with this organization uh, in some uh, fashion. Will he be the head coach? Uh, that will be determined as we name the general manager. Well, and as we've been saying, uh, Ken Hitchcock, I don't, I don't think is going to be the head coach. I think the new GM will bring in his own guy. Who is that new GM going to be? Well, we talk a lot about Keith Gretzky because he has the job right now. We talk a lot about Kelly McCrimmon because he is believed to be a highly sought-after candidate. Who else could be out there? Maybe some names we aren't talking about as much, Jim. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Atheson will fill you in when we get back after the 7.30 news. Thanks for listening tonight. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. That podcast subscription is free. Though I do accept donations in the form of dark chocolate. NCAA basketball championship game. Seven minutes into the first half. Virginia leading Texas Tech 7-3. They are not exactly shooting the lights out early. NHL playoffs will start on Wednesday. Tomorrow on Oilers Now, along with Bob Stoffer, Jack Michaels, and Brendan Escott, we will do our first round guaranteed to be correct playoff predictions. Mine will be the most correct. I can guarantee you that. Not a guarantee. Jim Matheson has been covering the Oilers since, well, since dinosaurs roamed the earth, really, Jim. <laughs> How's it going? That's <laughs> what I'm told by my Twitter followers that I should have hung them up long ago. Well, that's not true. That is not true at all. But you have been around the team a long time. And uh, you've seen them win five Stanley Cups in seven years and now seen them miss the playoffs uh, 12 times in 13 seasons. So uh, different energy around the team <laughs> compared to the, uh, compared well, to the two years. Well, it doesn't seem to be much middle ground with the Oilers. I guess the middle ground with the Oilers would have been in the late 90s when they didn't have any money to spend, but they still had Cujo playing goal and, and Dougie Waite and Bill Guerin and Todd Marchand and stuff. And they won a couple of playoff series that they shouldn't have won. But that was uh, that was a long time ago too. Now we're talking uh, 20 years ago. Yeah, that well, that's crazy. Yeah, well, it's been 22 years since the Marchant goal, uh, and then what? It was 98. They beat Colorado 
and then didn't win a playoff round again until 2006. No, it's been tough. It has been tough for sure. All right, so I'm I'm gonna I have a caller named Sirius Gord who doesn't call in a lot, but he's uh, very opinionated and very uh, well thought out when he does call in. He says this feels darker than other Oilers off seasons when they freshly miss the playoffs. Uh, do you see where he's coming from? Um, I do. Um, because they're, they don't have a lot of cap room. Um, I think they've got about 60, I think 67 million with 15 players signed for next year. So that, you know, doesn't leave a lot of money to, to get a whole lot of players signed. Um, and, uh, it's one thing to say that you're going to go out and get, you know, a bunch of bottom six forwards, uh, to help. Connor and Leon uh, Dreisaitl, but you know those are free agents, and every team's looking to sign those players. So there's no guarantee they can get those players. I, the only way the owners can get better is to make trades and uh, hope that the incoming general manager or the interim general manager Keith Gretzky, who gets the job, does a better job of it than than Peter Shirelli did, because. Pretty much, you know, hindsight being, you know, the usual 2020, most of Peter's deals did not work out uh, terribly well uh, and um, set the uh, franchise back. Yeah, and I mean, coming off, uh, you know, they made the playoffs once. Todd was up for coach of the year. McDavid won MVP. Talbot was almost a finalist for the Vesna, and Shirelli himself was up for executive of the year. And then since then, uh, a 78-point season and a 79-point season. So, yeah. Pretty bad, pretty bad since then. Okay, yeah, I find it. I find it before I go. I find it very interesting that Todd McCollum is now the leading candidate in Buffalo, and he's looking at a Buffalo team that's a mirror image of the Edmonton team. To be honest, you know, they've got they've got Jack Eichel and they got a star defenseman in Rasmus Dahlin, and and yet they're coming off two awful seasons, and uh, kind of like the last two seasons where he was the coach or one and a half seasons. So. Um, Todd is, you know, if he's going to jump into Buffalo, he knows uh, what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so obviously we talk about Keith Gretzky because he's here. We talk about Kelly McCrimmon because of the high-profile explosion of the Vegas Golden Knights, and he helped assemble that team. Uh, There are other names out there. Mark Hunter, you know, one of them who's been thrown around. I, I don't know, Jim, I'm not as sold on Hunter he wasn't in the NHL a long time, and I think there are some advantages to that come with being the uh, working with uh, London in the Ontario Hockey League. Um, and and I, I don't know. And, and again, I guess with everybody, would would they want to come here? What's your What's your feeling with uh, Mark Hunter's ability as a potential GM? Uh, I think he he was in the NHL probably long enough. Um, but you're right; he is he does have a very good situation in London where they seem to get. Lots of good players and are good all the time. He's a scout at heart, more so, so than I think a general manager. He he finds players, and he did convince the Leafs. Mitch Marner was the one they should they should draft that draft year, and he was certainly right. I don't think he's I don't think he's any better than anybody else who's out there who was an assistant general manager or is an assistant general manager myself. And I don't know how you grade assistant general managers of which. There are many in the National Hockey League who seem, you know, on the owner's radar. To me, they're a lot like 
backup goalies on other teams, and you get them to your team and hope the guy can be a starter, and there's no guarantees. Uh, Jason Botterill was excellent uh, as one of the two assistant GMs at Jimmy Rutherford in Pittsburgh when they were winning cups, and he goes to Buffalo, and he's already fired his coach, Phil Housley, two years in. So um, He was the rising new, new young assistant GM, and while I do think he's got lots on the ball, it uh, didn't work out either. So I don't know how you can say... Mark, whether it's Mark Hunter or Kelly McCrimmon or Bulgarin or Norm McIver or Tom Fitzgerald or, or you know, who, the the list of assistant GMs is, is as long as the hockey rink is. Well, um, all 31 he, assistant he, GMs probably want to be a GM. Oh, uh, <laughs> right? for sure. And some teams got two. Uh, Billy Guerin interviewed for the same Buffalo job as Jason Botterill, I think, and uh, Jason got it. Now, Billy... I think Billy certainly paid his dues. He's, you know, been in that management uh, cycle for about a decade. So I think he would he would be a good job, uh, be, be a good candidate too. Um, but you know, this is. I think it's a little easier to find a coach than it is to find a general manager. I think the general manager runs the whole organization, and his responsibilities are a lot or 24-7, 12 months of the year. Whereas a coach, you know, he coaches your team and you and you hope you've got the right stuff and the players relate to him and you can win some games. But finding a general manager is is a major uh, um, chore and finding the right one, um, you know, is tough. And, and there are system GMs like Ray Shiro who was with, with David Poyle in Nashville and he went on to he's quite good at what he does but then there's other ones i think if you know tim murray was in ottawa and went to buffalo and and they let him go as well so uh, there's no guarantees when you're looking at an assistant jam and you know um and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of either gms or former gms on this list that uh, bob nicholson is maybe putting together well Jim, here's the thing. Whenever this GM is hired, we're going to get a, a, a massive reaction from Oilers fans, as, as we should, either positive or negative. But I, you know, I almost say, call me on April 8th, 2021. It's going to take two years to really know how the new GM has, has done his job. And, and Shirelli's first two years actually weren't so bad. And then his next 18 months were disastrous. But, but initially, to judge a new general manager... I think that takes probably two years minimal. Well, and and the new and the new GM has to look at the team. His standard operating uh, procedure is to say, you know what, I got to watch this team play for a year, just to see what. That's what Peter said. I got to watch this team play to see what I like and what I don't like, and I'm not going to make any snap judgments. And uh, obviously, a snap judgment was trading Taylor Hall after one year because that didn't turn out too well. Um, not that Adam Larson's not a very good player, but Taylor Hall won the MVP. So um, you're right. Um, they don't usually step in right away, which which is a long answer to a short question to saying, I don't know why they just don't hire Keith Gretzky. He, nobody knows the organization better than Keith Gretzky. And uh, he wouldn't take a year to look at the roster and say, you know what, i got to look at them. He knows exactly what he has to do right now. But but just to play devil's advocate, aren't the Oilers' needs like glaringly obvious? I, I think the challenge, Jim, is going to be 
getting that from other teams or in free agency because every I mean everybody every GM should know other teams needs and weaknesses no they don't you don't think so nope nope they got to do some homework to know them like if you're talking about say a general assistant general manager of an eastern conference team who almost never sees the owners play how would he know a lot about the owners uh, well, I'm not saying he wouldn't know a lot, but I think I would say he would know generally that they don't have enough depth scoring. So you'd know you're looking for uh, a winger potentially for New Jersey. Yeah, but, in, ter- but in, in terms of trading people off your own roster, how would he know? Uh, yeah, I guess he wouldn't know that as well, and he might not know the farm system as well. And he certainly wouldn't know the farm system. Unless he, you know, I, I shouldn't say that. Unless he was working as an assistant GM or, or uh, post-scout, you know, I'll use Sean Burke as an example, who works the Western Conference. So and he's here he, a lot because of his He's son. here a lot, and he also watches the, the uh, Pacific Division. That's right. his territory, watching Bakersfield and, and San Jose and such. So he would know the owner's prospects better than most people. All right, I'll just do, well, I'm not going to, we'll just do one more name because I, I got our MVP coming up. Uh, Mike Gillis, and by the way, Nicholson said today he wasn't going to mention any candidates by name, and then he said he does have Mike Gillis on his long list, but then he said, I'm not going to mention any more candidates. Uh, Gillis, I don't know if Oilers fans would be <laughs> overly fond of uh, Gillis coming in. Do you think he'd actually be a, a high-ranking candidate or just one of those who's on the long list but not the short list? I think, he's a, I think somebody has told Bob maybe you should talk to this guy. Okay. I don't think he's at the top of Bob's list myself. Um, I, I, this is a very difficult decision for Bob uh, to talk to all these people. I suspect he asked Steve Eisenman if he'd be interested. Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Steve said no. But he knows Steve Eisenman very well, and I would not put it past him if Steve gave him six names that should be on his list. So there's six people that Steve would know from being a general manager in Tampa. So... Um, and uh, I guess that segues into Ken Holland if he'd be available as Steve Eisenman suddenly becomes the general manager of the Detroit Red Wings. Yes, that, well, there's a very interesting name as well. Jim, I'm going to miss uh, seeing your smiling face around the rink every day. Hopefully we can hit the golf course this summer, man. Yeah, well, but I've seen you play, and, and you're always looking at me like I'm a better player than you, but I have seen you play, and uh, Riverside is your home track, so you'd be giving me shots. <laughs> okay, sounds fair. Thanks, okay. Jim. We'll see you soon. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. That is Jim Matheson from Post Media Hockey Hall of Fame writer. Always fun to catch up with him on the show. Now 17-7, Virginia leading Texas Tech. They're halfway through the first half. This week, 6.30, Chet MVP when we get back. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. 630Ched.com has all the latest news from the Oilers over the last couple of days with all the exit interviews going on. This week's 630Ched MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. This athlete has also been featured on Global News. The MVP gets Under Armour Apparel, courtesy Elite Promotional Marketing. Please welcome to the show Hayden Vischer. Hayden, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Hey, good, good. It is great to talk to you. Now, uh, you're on for your, your swimming exploits. Were you in the pool today? I was indeed. How many days a week do you swim? 
seven on a good week. All seven. How how long how long will you usually uh, you know practice or do other swimming related workouts? Well, besides the seven hours, each practice is two hours, so definitely adds up. Okay, good stuff. And what? Uh, how old are you? I'm thirteen. You're just thirteen. So what are you in grade seven? Eight. Grade eight. Where do you go to school? Uh, Lauren Aikens up in Tenover. Awesome. Okay. So who who got you into swimming? How long have you been doing this crazy sport? Um, six, seven years. I think this is my seventh year now. Um, well, how I got into swimming, I had tried so many other things before this. I tried piano. I tried judo. I tried soccer. And then, like I said in the interview before, nothing really stuck, right? And then I eventually got into swimming lessons and just kind of went from there. I stuck with me. What did you like about it? Honestly, I don't really know. <laughs> Were you always good at it? No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's interesting because a lot of kids, and you would have been pretty pretty young at the time, they, they don't like to do stuff they're not good at, but so, something kept you going, eh? Yeah, yeah. What swim club are you part of? Um, the Olympian Swim Club, OSC. And who's your coach? Um, her name is Leslie. Not going to lie. Should know this. Don't know her last name. Okay. And uh, but she's coached some Olympians in the past, has she not? She has, yeah. And is that a goal of yours? Honestly, I, I never really thought about that. It has been on my mind. But I've heard my coach hint at it almost that she says I'm going in that direction which was a shock to me but yeah it's starting to become a thought yeah what stroke do you specialize in the breaststroke <laughs> okay and uh, now do you do any medleys or anything like that or you just stick with breaststroke oh I do a bunch of everything you never really stick with just one thing all right, what's the biggest competition to this point that you've ever won? Um, um, well, I have this one this summer. That's going to be my biggest ever. So I'm really excited about that. But besides that, probably championships a few weeks or months back. That went really well for me. And what do you have coming up this summer? This summer is CJC's or Canadian Junior Championships. Have you ever swam in those before? I have not. And here's the thing. We also have a meet this weekend that's right in between them. But for to be qualified for this meet, you have to be age of 14. And lucky enough, my birthday just happens to be right mid-July, right before the meet. So I was able to qualify for this one instead of the, the one that's this weekend. Wow, okay. And where are the CJCs? I believe this year they're in Calgary. All right. Uh, now, do you are, are you one of these guys, do you get nervous before a competition, or are you, are you pretty calm? What do you like before you swim? Generally, I'm pretty calm. If I got a really good goal that I know I got to go for, you know, you always got the nerves right before. You just got to get yourself mentally prepared for it. You got to plan everything out. Yeah. Now, are you are you pretty competitive 
in other parts of your life, or is it just swimming bringing that out in you? Um, it's a bit of both. I like to... For something, I like to race. I love to race my friends. I like to race people. And now that I think about it, yeah, that does really start to show in other aspects of my life. Okay, good stuff. Who are some athletes that you look up to? Um, one, I look up to a bunch of my teammates in my group, especially man, his name is man. He just, yeah, he's always, I kind of looked up to him as kind of his little buddy in a way almost. But besides that, I don't really have a, uh, what do you call it? Like a, like a hero, like an idol? Yeah, I don't really have an idol. I just kind of stick to my own really. Okay, good stuff. Well, Hayden, I, I appreciate you checking in tonight. You're doing great. You're, you're still a very young guy, and you're on a path, I think, to, uh, to greatness here. Your coach certainly speaks highly of you. So thank you for yeah. making time for me tonight. Obviously, you're a very busy young man with school and, and, and swimming and everything that you do. And congratulations yeah. on being this week's 630 Chet MVP. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome stuff. That is Hayden Vischer checking in tonight. And as the 630 Chet MVP, he gets Under Armour Apparel, courtesy Elite Promotional Marketing. You can nominate someone by looking under the local tab on 630Ched.com. You can also email me, inside sports at 630Ched.com. Always love talking to the uh, 630 Chet MVP. A lot of great stories we've been able to tell over the last few months. Okay, so tomorrow's show will be fun. We will set up the NHL playoffs with guys who played in the playoffs, some of whom played in Stanley Cup Finals. Hal Gill will join us. Now a color analyst with the Nashville Predators, won the Stanley Cup with the Penguins. Jason Chimera is uh, going to be on the show. Uh, I believe Rob Brown's going to hop on as well, and we're working on a couple of other special guests. Oh, yeah, and we'll have the draft lottery. We'll tell you what happened there. The Oilers with a 6.5% chance of getting the number one overall pick. Are we going to be talking about a, an, another lottery win for the Oilers in 23 hours from now? That would be quite the way to spend inside sports, wouldn't it? NCAA National Championship game, 440 left in the first half. It is Texas Tech leading Virginia, 25-21. Remember to get more on 630Ched.com if you uh, want to get further updated on what Nicholson and Gretzky had to say today or what some of the players had to say yesterday. Besides Hayden Vischer, you heard from Jim Matheson, Kelly Rudy. Thanks to everybody who called in and texted as well. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell, and the studio producer this evening is Angie Quinnell. My name is Reed. Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great evening. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.